Hey everyone, how's it going? Hey guys, welcome to Badass Women in History. I'm Karis. This is Kaylee. And as always, today's episode is brought to you by Andy Hansen. So Badass Women in History is excited to announce our really cool partnership with her, Andy, uh, an esthetician local to Duluth, Minnesota, who provides vegan, non-toxic, cruelty-free, all-natural beauty services like eyelash extensions and waxing. Andy takes clients by appointment only at the Color Lounge in Duluth and can be reached at 218-461-7792. In addition to those services, she has her own small business called Mindful Practice. With Mindful Practice, Andy researches new green beauty products, helps other companies build their internet presence, and does collaborations and trades to reach her goal of bringing awareness to the beauty world. Though Mindful Practice, through Mindful Practice, Andy partners and collaborates with another green beauty specialist and esthetician named Andrea. Andrea owns the Organic Escape Skin Studio in Carlsbad, California. Together, these women have come up with an online green beauty store and blog where they're constantly researching and trying new brands to have the best possible ingredient list on their cyber shelves. Stop their online store and read more about the best ways to practice green beauty at theorganicescape.com. We're really stoked to promote all of these amazing women-run small businesses because self-care is something that's really crucial for self-preservation. And so if your methods of skincare are along the lines of beauty treatments and products, treat yourself. If you book a service with Andy, mention the podcast, Badass Woman in History, uh, and you'll receive 10% off your first service with her. In addition, use the promo code MINDFUL to receive 10% off your order from theorganicescape.com. Find more on these businesses and badass women by following their social media accounts at mindfulpractice underscore and at organic escape skin studio. I got eyelash extensions from Andy and I'm going pretty strong a couple weeks later. I'm super, super enjoying them and I never have to put on mascara, which is a super plus. Oh, my eyebrows have never looked better. <laughs> I'm loving life. Oh my goodness. And we also got some skincare from theorganicescape.com, which I am loving still. Uh, I feel like my skin is really, really uh, looking really good without makeup lately. Yeah, I have oils and serums, and they smell so nice. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely make sure to hit Andy up, uh, give her a call, and go visit her at the Color Lounge out here in Duluth. Okay, so with that being said, we'll get started on our current events. All right. And so mine is just kind of like a... a Spooky PSA for all of our listeners celebrating Halloween, which everybody probably knows this already, but you know, sometimes you gotta preach to the choir because the choir isn't always perfect. So, I'm sure as you know, a lot of times costumes can be more than just scary in a blood and gore sense of way, and especially I feel like I see it more um, with people our age, college kids doing oh, yeah, some. For sure. like, cultural appropriation probably because we don't have a lot of money to do really really fancy costumes so they're just like oh i'm just gonna like throw on this sombrero poncho yeah so just a reminder that someone's culture is not a costume if you happen to be dressing as a character who is a different race as you you do not need to go in blackface you should not go in blackface before you pile on the bronzer research the history of blackface and like the oppressive nature of it and minstrel shows mm -hmm. and uh, if you still can't understand why you shouldn't be going out with brown face paint on your face maybe you should just stay at home 
And also, along those lines, let's leave the slut-shaming back in ninth grade, for real. If you're very concerned about how most costumes are marketed towards women, um, how they tend to be more revealing, how about you work to understand that if someone is wearing that costume, they probably feel hot as fuck in it. And And you should respect that. And if you are so concerned about it, how about you work to create a safe atmosphere in your party spaces so people can party in as much or as little clothes as they want. But please, 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 if you're going to a Halloween party and you're looking sexy as hell, um, please make sure you're staying warm outside. When you walk to the <laughs> party. When you party, walk to the party, because we know you're not driving because you're being responsible adults. Or when um, you're just standing outside waiting for your cab. <laughs> Duluth got nine inches of snow this week, and please stay safe. It's like Um, the worst timing for this fucking snow. The most wild um, statistic I ever heard when I moved to Duluth from Atlanta was the amount of people that die every year just from, like, getting drunk and falling asleep in the snow. It's wild, man. Yeah, so everybody be careful this uh, weekend and here on out because it's going to be cold as balls. Stay sexy, but stay warm. Wear some breakaway pants over your costume. Then Which sh- really is only going to increase the effect of the costume. Right, so when you show up to, you, to the event, just... What was that? <laughs> Whip them off. Whip them off. Amazing. Yes, that'll, that'll go over well. That'll... But yeah, Awesome. Have a spoopy Halloween, y'all. Yes, we're happy you're listening to us around Halloween. Hopefully. Maybe. Hopefully. I love Halloween. What, have you dressed up yet? No, we didn't. No. I, we we're going to take a picture, I think, of a costume, but we're not going to, like, go around in it. You're going to, like, put on a costume for the Insta? For the Insta. What are you doing? We were just going to do Marjorie and Roger Caldwell. From Glenshee. From from the Glenshee murders. Ooh, yeah, we Christ. bought it. We bought a candlestick from the, Hobby Lobby, which it, it I regret. Happened. What? The murder actually happened. You never talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we've got a, and I regret getting a candlestick from Hobby Lobby because of their their problematic problems but i kept the receipt since we're only using it for the picture i was i i bought it with the intention of like i'm returning this tomorrow i feel that i accidentally spent full price on a bralette at victoria's secret yesterday oh no it was like i separates were 40 percent off and it was supposed to just be like sleepwear separates and i thought that that bralette fell under sleepwear because it looks very cozy. And you just went through with it anyway? And I bought it, and it was like $35, <gasps> which is not the worst amount of money it could have been, but I'm obviously still very salty about it because Did I ever tell you about the time? $35, and it should have been like 20 Did I ever tell you about the time I spent $70 on tea? On tea? At Tivana? Yep. In the mall? Yep. They were like, oh, it's like... T- 10% off if you buy a pound and then like 20% off if you buy two pounds mm-hmm. and I went in and was like this is the tea I want and I knew what tea I wanted and I didn't know what a good amount of tea to buy was so she was like I, I, it all just happened very quickly <laughs> she was talking really fast and I was That's like yeah, I get I'll do a pound and then she and it, it's winter berry so it's a mix of the strawberry and the passion tea or something like that 
Anyway, so she started mixing it, and then I realized just how much she was mixing it, and I was like, oh, no. Do you still have some? No, I, I will, once I realized how much it was, I was, she was mixing it, so I couldn't, like, be like, wait, no, never mind, I only wanted a few ounces. So I went home with two huge bags, like a pound, literally a pound That's of tea. So it was $70. And my friend, this was freshman year and I didn't have a car, so my friend had driven me to mall. And I think I had to meet her outside when she picked me up. And she was like, um, what you got there? And I was like, $70 of tea. And I, I drank probably uh, 10 cups of tea a day for like a month. Holy I shit. just kept making it. Holy shit. Well, because the other thing is like it goes out eventually like they're yeah it was a mess (laughs) i i can relate that one time i went to tivana with my friend kate tanner and she like um we had no money like no money at all oh yeah no this was like my whole paycheck as a freshman in college (laughs) we had no money and we were literally just going to the mall because we were bored yeah and we were like we can go to the mall but we were buying no clothes mm-hmm. and so we like walked around hit up all the stores tried out some things but whatever didn't buy anything and then we went to tea and we we're like let's sample this and then the lady was like did they drag you in did they, they give you in? the tour they were like you know if you like buy this fancy tea maker thing then you get the bag of tea and the rock candy on discount the sugar and i was like fuck it i'll do it and it's it ended up being like forty dollars, fifty dollars, and uh, then I like have it, and I think I've used it twice. And Do you want me to take that off your hands for you? <laughs> and I like went to Asher's house, and he has the same thing, and I was like, Did you get toxic? They got you too. Got you too. <laughs> and now it's like, well, what the fuck? Like we plan on like moving in together, like next. Year, two years. And You're two like, years we, don't right we don't need two of these? What the fuck? They got us both. Oh my Son God. of a bitch. They're going out of business, so. To be honest? Yeah. Because Star- Starbucks bought them, and then they were like, JK, oh. we're closing the store. Yeah, Brandon and I were there today. and They're closing the store in the mall? Yeah. Well, they're closing all of Tivana. All Tivana? The all Tivana is closed. They're going to, like, ma- I think, make a select few of the teas at Starbucks, and that's it. Christ. Yeah. That fucking sucks. But anyway, well, it doesn't because they're going to be having sales on all of their tea. Ooh. So now is the time to go hmm. and get my perfect tea maker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back <laughs> oh, for our badass woman history. <laughs> sure so you don't know who i have you won't know who it is this is kind of going back to the roots of like when i first started kind of figuring out what i wanted to do when i wanted to make a podcast yeah 
this is like what I originally envisioned for it. Ooh, and like remember. what I what we're doing now, obviously I love, mm-hmm. but I want to. I did want to put a little bit, little, little, little of my original baby idea into yeah. here. So. Oh, I can't wait. You just put on your winter coat. I did. I'm pretty We're inside. All right. So I'm doing Nadezda Dorova. And she is... (laughs) Kaylee's face. She's just like, who? She is uh, a badass woman from Russia during the the Napoleonic Wars. (laughs) The Napoleonic Wars? Yep. So, <laughs> Kaylee's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, so, these are Russian names, uh, and I'm going to try my absolute hardest. So, uh, Nadezda Dorova was born uh, to a wealthy mother called Alekdondra Alexandrova and an officer, Andrei Dorov. And um, her mother actually threw her out of a moving carriage as a baby because she didn't want a daughter. Same. Um, so, uh, Nadezda d- does eventually write a memoir, so I have a couple quotes from her memoir. My mother, who disliked me from the bottom of her heart, deliberately deliberately did everything, it seemed, that would strengthen unbounded passion for freedom and a military life. She wouldn't let me walk in the garden. She wouldn't let me be away from her for even half an hour. I had to sit in her bedroom and make lace. She herself taught me to sew, to knit, and seeing that I had neither the desire nor the ability for this sort of work, that in my hands everything tore or broke, she became angry, lost control of herself, and beat me very painfully on the hands. So at 18, uh, Nadezda uh, married um, a Sarapol judge, and they had a son called Ivan in 1803. At 18. 18, okay. And she actually, when she writes her memoirs, she doesn't mention them. She. Her husband and son? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same. In September... My husband and son? Never heard of him. Never heard of him. On September 17th in 1809, she put on a Cossack uniform and ran away to enlist as a man in the Russian light cavalry throughout the Napoleonic Wars. She looked too young to get a promotion, and she tried to escape a colonel's daughter that fell in love with her, and she was actually wounded during the Battle of Borodino and continued to serve until ordered to heal. So she... Uh, enlisted in the uh, Russian cavalry, um, was fighting via- on horse and was disguised as a man. She, I think, bound her breasts and cut her hair, and she was like super, super into the uh, fighting the Napole- fighting Napoleon uh, at this time, which was oh Napoleonic Napoleonic. Yep, <laughs> that, would, that would be it. Where's Napoleon from again? France. Yes. So she was born at an army camp in Kiev. Um, and she, um, as a child, her favorite toy was an unloaded gun. The Russian are really intense. (laughs) They're really intense people. Um, but she fought in the major Russian engagements of the 1806-1807 Prussian campaign. During those two battles, she saved the lives of two fellow Russian soldiers. The first was an enlisted man who fell off his horse on the battlefield and suffered a concussion. She gave him first aid under heavy fire and brought him to safety as the army around them as the army retreated around them the second was an officer unhorsed but uninjured um so the horse was hurt but not him um three french dragoons were closing in on him uh she couched her lance and scattered the enemy then against regulation she let the officer borrow her own horse to hasten his retreat which left her more vulnerable to attack 
During the campaign, she wrote a letter to her family explaining her disappearance. They used their connections in a desperate attempt to locate her. The rumor of an uh, of an Amazon in the army reached Tsar Alexander I, who took personal inf- uh, interest. Durova's chain of command reported that her courage was peerless. Summoned to the palace at St. Petersburg, she impressed the Tsar so much that he awarded her the Cross of St. George and promoted her to lieutenant. I'm pretty sure at this point they knew that she was a woman, and Sarah Alexander one was like, fuck yeah. Uh, The story was that there was a heroine in the army with the name of Alexander Sokolov, who had become well-known by that time, so the Tsar awarded her a new pseudonym, Alexandrov, based on her own name. Durova's youthful appearances hurt her chance for promotion, and in an era when Russian officers were expected to grow a mustache, she looked like a boy of 16. Uh, She transferred away from the Hussars in order to avoid the colonel's daughter who had fallen in love with her. Durova saw action. <laughs> what? Thinking she was a man, but um, there may have been some other oh, no. things that happened during that time. Um, Durova saw action again during Napoleon's invasion of Russia in 1812. She, bought, she fought at the Battle of, oh gosh, Sm- Smolensk? S-M-O-L-E-N-S-K. Smolensk? Nope. Kaylee's just like, nope. During the Battle of Borodino, a cannonball wounded her in the leg, but she continued serving full duty for several days until her command ordered her to recuperate. Oh my god. She retired from the army in 1816 uh, with the equivalent of Captain Lieutenant. Um, yeah, and she uh, uh, later went on to write her memoir, which was called The Calvary Maiden. Um, and this was really short, but she's a fucking badass. Amazing. Um, yeah, let me see if I have anything else on her. Uh, after the military, she moved home in 1816, wrote The Cavalry Maiden 20 years later. Um, and she wrote, um, also about, um, Russian history and different other short stories. Uh, and after she, um, retired, she lived in Yellabuk. <laughs> Yellabuka? Is that what you said? Yellabuka? Y-E-L-A-B-U-G-A. And she died in 1866 at the age of 83, which is also wild for that time. Did she ever go back to her husband and son? I don't think so. And she was buried with full military honors. And she uh, inspired um, many things, including an opera, a play, and an operetta, which later turned into a film. Um, but the opera is called Nadezda Darova, the play is called A Long Time Ago, and the operetta is Husser Ballad. Wow. And she challenged, she super challenged social norms, um, obviously, and she, I think it's a huge, huge deal that she was recognized by Tsar Alexander I. Yeah. And he was like, oh, here's a new pseudonym, so you can continue being a badass. That's... Yeah, I love her so much. And, um... I'm going to be honest, uh, I was inspired to do her because I'm currently in a class about Russian history, and two guys did the presentation on her in class, and it was pretty Bad. disappointing. I remember you told me about <laughs> Yeah, that. I texted you, and I was like, the most badass woman is being talked about right now, and they're just like, oh, I don't know, she challenged social norms. Probably I'm like, taking it for, like, the she limit. was a war hero <laughs> in no, 1806. The bed credit, wouldn't you think? Yeah, for sure. Out of all the possible limits that you could take, though, why would you fucking take Russian literature? Well, it's a 4,000 level class, too, so it's like, yeah, I don't so know. So you would think that they were 
like history majors or something. I think it was one of the few few classes that were like super left open. Oh well, obviously. <laughs> I'm super enjoying the class. Um, I just wish that I had chosen that presentation. I just didn't know that that was what it was going to uh, open up to. Yeah, yeah. But now yeah. I win because my presentation's a podcast heard all over the world. What? <laughs> yeah, I I have to. Well, for extra credit for my cell biology course, I can like make like an educational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I can say like I can decide like who I want my target demographic to be. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, my professor, she's like. So if you, like, want kids to learn about it, like, I would make, like, a cute little book or, like, if you want, like, like, just don't make a fucking PowerPoint. Probably yeah, basically, yeah. And she was like, you can make a podcast. And I was like, my girl Shannon, <laughs> said, I got you. <laughs> like, I'm going to make the most bullish podcast. Oh, my God. Amazing. Because I already do. Mm-hmm. Peace, peace, peace. I did put that podcast on my grad school resume. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. Not on my, like, actual... I have two resumes going right now. Podcast and... Or prep school and job. Nice. Because I need to get into both. I took the GRE on Friday. Yes, fuck yeah. You got a three... What'd you get? Um, I got a 158 and a 153, which I heard is decent. Nice. So... Probably will retake it again and actually study for it. Maybe. Maybe not. (laughs) I say that. But um, also, it snowed the morning of your GRE. I woke so. up and I was like, wow. I was stressed about just like taking the GRE, but now I'm stressed about actually driving to the GRE. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was very shitty. I like showed up and they hadn't shoveled their parking lot yet. Oh, God. Like somebody was, was shoveling. Was it at the high school? No, no, no. It was at like this business on Lennon oh. Road. And it's, they, like, are a professional, like, test proctoring business. Is that And, yeah. And they, like, I couldn't see where to pull in. <laughs> and so I, like, whipped around, parked at, like, the Caribou Einsteins. Then I pulled up the address on Google Maps, and I looked at a picture of the business when it was summer. And I was, like, zooming in. And I was, like, <laughs> There's the driveway. Okay. Oh, my God. So I blasted it. Luckily, I was early. I left, like, half an hour early. Just to get down the hill. Mm-hmm. And I still got there in, like, 17 minutes. So. Nice. My good old Buick didn't roll down 21st this time. Was 21st paved? Or uh, plowed? Yeah, oh, it okay. was fine by then. I left at, like, 1130. See, I had the brilliant idea of trying to get up Lake Ave at 9 a.m., that didn't happen. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, Why? I, How? I, I don't, I, I don't know. I turned around. Also, there was a school bus stuck on Masaba, and I had to call my mom because I was like, I just need you to talk to me right now, so I don't kill myself. I'm scared. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Your turn. <laughs> Your turn. Alrighty, friends. So I uh, chose Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, um, god damn it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very excited about her because. So, this is kind of related to like um, my person last episode, Rose McGowan. Um, content warning 
sexual harassment and the stuff with Harvey Weinstein. But um, I talked about, like, Rose McGowan's harassment allegations, and I really think it's important to give Lupita and Yango some time on this podcast as well. I've learned some really different viewpoints about the Twitter blackout that I participated in two weeks ago. Basically saying, like, so, like, Rose McGowan, like, headed the Twitter blackout, right? And it, like, a lot of people didn't sign on. Um, but it basically, a lot of people also said, like, hey, this might not be productive because, like, women of color's voices are silent so often anyway. Yeah. So we really can't afford to just, like, blackout Twitter because, like, uh, it's not going to do anything because people barely listen to us anyway. So we need to, like, be be given more of a platform. Yeah. So it would have been cool if, like, the people, like, Rose McGowan, like, leading the Twitter blackout would have been, like, white ladies, Twitter blackout. Yeah. Then let's amplify these voices of women of color. Oh, Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And literally, like, the day after we recorded the episode last week, Rose McGowan said, like, some really problematic shit yeah, on she, Twitter. And I was she outed like, herself as super problematic. Right. And I was just like, fuck. Huh. Of course. One day after I, like, worked super, super hard to, like, put together shit on her. Um, and she ba- she basically is like, hey, I'm learning and all this. This is a really, like, troubling time for me, which I understand. But she compared, like, being a woman to being black. Oh, God. Like, those are things you can't really compare. And um, she was, like, somebody said something negative about women, and she was like, people would be blowing up over this if it was, if you replaced women with the N-word. And I was like, Rose, girl, what are you doing? Oh, God. So it's a real bummer. It's not, like, a bummer, but the thing is, like, she has a lot of learning since she's, like, at the forefront of this movement now. And she, like, spoke at, like, the women's convention and stuff. And so she's, like, saying these really powerful things, which is good. Hopefully she can connect to white women more. Um, But she really needs to, like, let uh, women of color have a voice in this situation too so i chose um lupita um because i want to talk more about uh women of color in this situation um and elevate all the cool amazing things that lupita nyango has done um, I love her so much. It would be super unfair if I only talked about her in the context of these recent developments. So I'm just going to talk about her life growing up and then just kind of touch on um, this really amazing uh, op-ed piece she wrote for the New York Times about um, the shit with Harvey Weinstein, who, just an update, uh, he is, calls himself a sex addict now and checked himself out of rehab after just one week. After one week. Which just kind of sounds like a vacation. It really does. Like, somebody tweeted, they were like, why, uh, if, like, Harvey Weinstein's a sex addict, then why, like, are all of these accusations only coming up with, like, women, like, 18 to 25, like, when he's in a, like, position of power and 
all these things. It's like, dude, you're not a sex addict. You're a sexual predator. Yeah. Moving on. Love Lupita Nyong'o. And I'm really excited to celebrate her accomplishments and the really cool things she keeps on doing. So with that, um, Lupita Nyong'o was born in Mexico City. Um, Her parents are Kenyan. Their names are Dorothy and Peter. Um, Her dad is a college professor, and then he um, has become a politician, done work in politics. She has Kenyan and Mexican citizenship, um, five other brothers and sisters, and um, has lived in both Mexico and Kenya. So she actually has, like, a very extensive education because she kind of comes from a family of academics and Mm -hmm. artists so that's where she kind of got her foundation in the arts so um she her father was a minister for medical services in the kenyan government and he was a visiting lecturer in mexico city and that's when she was born her family had been living in mexico uh for three years so she was born in mexico is she part Mexican or is she they were just living there um she's a Kenyan a Mexican actor she like one of her things is that she identifies with being Kenyan Mexican even though I I don't really think she actually like they were just maybe just they're living there for mm -hmm. academic purposes or something yeah so she like what she's not actually because you don't if you can you get citizenship just by being born there so right Right, and she identifies with being Mexican and Kenyan. Okay. Her name, Lupita, is a Spanish name, but, yeah, she's not, like, what, genetically Mexican, but culturally, so she identifies with that. Um, When she was less than one year old, they moved back to Kenya because her dad was um, appointed a professor at the University of Nairobi. And she grew up in Kenya. She said her upbringing was just, like, middle class, suburban. Uh, When she was 16, she was sent back to Mexico to learn Spanish. Um, And then her family had to move from Kenya due to political unrest. So she went to school at St. Mary's School in Nairobi where she received what's called an IB diploma, which is like a ba- like in, a bachelor's degree, the International, International Baccalaureate, Baccalaureate Diploma Program. Yeah. Is that what you get in high school? I feel like you can get that in high school and you basically have like all your gen eds done and everything. Well, that's an associate's. No, but you do it while you're still in high school. Yeah. An IB is a bachelor an international bachelor's degree because like i f- no, like i feel like a friend did this when i was in high school so i did like psco but mm-hmm. he did ib which meant that he took the college classes but he took them at his high school and well, then so when he yeah, went yeah. into high when he went to college he was a junior interesting so you like basically had an associate's degree i don't know it's like super intense sorry anyway that's okay yeah i don't know um and i she has an IB diploma. That and it says it's a two-year educational program primarily aimed at 16 to 18-year-olds. So, yes, yes, I understand what you're saying. So then she got her IB diploma, 
when they're in insanely 2000, hard in 2001 okay so yeah she got the, she's smart as hell yeah 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 she got that when um she was 18 yeah so that's mm-hmm. a big deal i like couldn't even feed myself when i was 18 so <laughs> that's great then she went to college in the united states she went to um hampshire college um in massachusetts which is a private liberal arts uh school and then she went to yale school of drama yeah yep her degree from hampshire college was film and theater studies and then she went to yale drama school um when she did that so she like um worked just like as a on the production crew for a lot of uh productions um um but so she did that. She was working just in, like, production. Mm-hmm. She directed, like, music videos and stuff. And then when she enrolled herself in the master's program at Yale School of Drama, she um, was in performances like Taming of the Shrew, Winter's Tale. Um, she won this award called the Herschel Williams Prize for Acting Students with Outstanding Ability in 2011 through the 2012 academic year. And then immediately after, after she graduated with her master's from Yale, she landed her, like, breakthrough role, which was in 12 Years a Slave, which you probably yes. heard of, right? Ah, uh, yes, like, of course. In 2013, um, which, if you haven't seen it, it's wonderful. It tells, um, about... Solomon Northrup, who was a freeborn African-American man in upstate New York, who was kidnapped and sold into slavery in Washington, D.C. in 1841. So, Youngo played Patsy, who's also a slave and works with North Northrup um, at a Louisiana cotton plantation. She won so many awards for this role. Um, many people have said, like, this is, like, the most crazy, huge, big screen, like, debut ever imaginable for somebody. Yeah. Like, it was, like, one day, like, nobody knew who Lupita Nyong'o was, and then the next day, like, everybody Everyone. did. Everyone, yeah. Because she was wonderful in yeah. this performance. Oh, yeah, I remember when they were, when she just, like, appeared out of nowhere, and I was like, yeah, fuck! Was just, like, who is this, like, beautiful woman? She wore, like, this, I think it was when she wore, like, the yellow dress to the Captain Morgan. I was just, yeah, I was just Googling for that dress. I was like, I can't remember what color it was. Beautiful. She, and then there was also this dress that had, like, pearls all over all of it. And did that dress get stolen? I don't know. Did it? I don't know. I'm I pretty it. sure did. I remember that. Was it the yellow, and it was the yellow dress that was a big mm-hmm. deal? Yeah. But she won. She's nominated for a Golden Globe Award, um, two SAG Awards um, that she won. And then she won... Um, the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, where she was the sixth black actress to win the award, the first African actress to win that award, the first Mexican to win the award, the first Kenyan actress to win an Oscar, like, and she also became the 15th actress to win an Oscar for a debut performance, so, wow. Um, she also was in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, it came out in 2015 as, uh, Mas um, which was a CGI character, mm-hmm. they used, like, the motion capture technology, so it still kind of, like, had her, um, yeah. expressions and stuff. Um, she, 
said that she wanted to play a role where her appearance was not relevant and that the acting provided a different challenge from her role as Patsy. So, like, she picked that role because it would be so different than, like, what she knew she was already good at. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, she has been nominated for Best Supporting Actress in the Saturn Awards and Visual Performance in the MTV Movie Awards for this role. Um, yes. And so now she... Um, is doing a bunch of, like, little roles in a place called Eclipse. Um, she's won, she's been nominated for a Tony for that award. Um, she's written in Lenny Letter, which we've talked about in this podcast before. She voiced, um, the mother wolf who adopts Mowgli in, uh, um, The Jungle Book, which came out in 2016, which was a wonderful movie. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. It's so good. I love it. Um, I heard it was, like, I know it was, like, really pretty. It was beautiful. So amazing. Um, she's in the Queen of Catway, um, about, which is a biopic about um, this young chess prodigy from Uganda. She also is rumored to be uh, reprising her ro- role in The Last Jedi in 2017, they're like pretty sure this has happened, but mm-hmm. I mean, I would I don't know why it wouldn't be happening, but mm-hmm. um, it still says rumored. Um, and then also she's gonna be in the new Black Panther movie, Fuck. which is gonna be bomb as fuck. Like, comes out February 16, 2018. They're already doing like their Comic Con. Um, appearances and stuff. It has, like, Michael B. Jordan in it, um, Angela Bassett. It's gonna be so good. I am shook just thinking about it. Um, yes. So that's to me a really big deal. Um, yeah. And she just, like, does a bunch of really cool, like, charity work, um, like, for like trusts and historical historic preservation um she launched in a uh, anti-poaching campaign um to prevent like ivory how do i phrase this yeah ivory poaching from yeah 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 from uh, rhinos and elephants and then she did that in april 2016 she uh, partnered with kenya wildlife service to um do that because they did like this ivory burn um, that April. So nice. They burned 105 tons of ivory and rhino ho- horn to demonstrate their zero tolerance approach to approach to poachers and smugglers um, who are threatening the survival survival of elephants and rhinoceroses. All those poachers. Um, yes. She has been on the cover of, like, Vogue magazine and the L and just Vanity Fair. Just these, like, beautiful, amazing covers that, like, when you see them, you're just like, oh. Um, she is super eloquent in her writing where you can see it in her op-ed piece where she speaks out about Harvey Weinstein. And I'm not going to go super far into it, but she details, like, her some encounters with him and what happened 
when she was intimidated and assaulted by him. Um, so yes, she read that article. It came out last week on the New York Times. Um, yes. And that's really what I have, I think. Um, Davida Nyango is so, so awesome. And I look forward to seeing her do many, many more amazing, cool roles and challenging herself and all of these cool roles. And also, she is like fashion goals. So oh, yeah. I just want to throw that out there because, like, these dresses that she wears, the yellow, I still can't stop thinking about the yellow. Man. Yes. So, Lupita Nyango. Badass woman in history, oh, current times on this sure. podcast, and I love her, and I hope she continues to speak out about this bullshit with Harvey Weinstein, and I hope that more white women who have this platform um, use this time to elevate the voices of women of color a little bit better, too. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. That's us for the week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, please, please, please. Please, if you still like us, we hope you do. Hit that five stars, and then we'll like, Karis and Kaylee. Howdy. Um, <laughs> and maybe we'll start uh, shouting out people who write reviews on the pod. Yeah, I would love to shout out people. Um, and... Even if you think there's something that we could do better, please let yeah. us know. Um, we I'm at Charismatics on everything. I'm at Straight Out of Flake with an eight. Straight Out of Flake with an eight. And uh, you can find me on Insta at underscore Kaylee Croxton. You can see my dang Halloween costume from last night. It was it was pretty good. I was screaming a lot. Yes. Not out of fear. It was just scary. <laughs> Asher and I were uh, Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armisen from Portlandia and their skit where they uh, put a bird on put it. Put a bird on it. On everything. Oh, it's just it's, like my favorite skit ever. It's so funny. Um, and everybody had, like, there were, like, two people at my paddle who actually knew, like, what they were. And they, like, called Did us Fred and Carrie. Did they, like, lose their shit? They called us Fred and Carrie and we were like, holy shit, we oh, got God. it. You know, even though a lot of people didn't, like, recognize it, and we explained it. Like, once we explained it, they were like, oh, that's dope as fuck. And we were like, thanks. It literally took, like, ten minutes to throw together and no money. So I am so here for that. God bless. Right? Alrighty. Well, make sure to check out Andy at Mindful Practice. And again, her phone number is 218 Four six one seven seven nine two. Get y'all some lashes. Yeah, visit her at the Color Lounge. It'll be great. Highly recommend. Love you all so much. I hope you have a good, safe Halloween and next two weeks. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.